guys, welcome to Church and Other Drugs. Sorry for the late episode this week, but I had to uh, schedule it and things happen. Um, this week, I am speaking to Seth Showalter from Fade to Gray. Um, I've been on their podcast a couple times, and this is the first time I think one of them's been on our show. But Seth has a really unique perspective on things on from being... Uh, a Christian, a gay man, a person formerly struggling with alcohol, a social worker in the mental health field uh, who also um, is on medicine for depression. And like you'll hear, once again, we uh, selfishly moved the conversation to Jed's mental health. Um, I, I hope my my goal with this is... To I do all this processing in real time because I hope that it helps other people use me as a proxy or like an avatar. You know, hopefully some of y'all relate to it or just can get a glimpse into the mindset of people dealing with mental health and depression and anxiety and all that wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, I will say... What has helped my depression lately is the Mandalorian and the fact that the uh, the Rise of Skywalker is coming out in like two weeks and I cannot wait. Got my tickets. And I'm going to go see um, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood tonight with my wife and go cry to Mr. Rogers. But I, uh, I appreciate everyone being patient with me. I know uh, the episodes are kind of scattered. They haven't been the week to week like it always had been. Um, my aim is to get back to that, but in the meantime, I'll try to at least do bi-weekly and get the Patreon episodes out there. This week, me and Heath Dills had a really good one. I enjoyed talking to him. Uh, we also kind of talked about Heath had his own struggles with kind of a mental breakdown of sorts and how he got over it. So if you if that sounds interesting, go to patreon.com backslash church and other drugs for as little as a dollar. And enjoy the episode. Send me an email, churchandotherdrugs at gmail.com, and we will see you next time. Uh, upcoming, we got um, some good episodes. Sorry that Dr. Pepper didn't uh, settle right. Uh, Brian Gadawa is coming back on, the author for his new book, Jezebel. So I'm going to ask him all about the whore Babylon. So that should be pretty fun and what that means. So look for that next week or the next. Enjoy the show. keeping your ferrets <coughs> unstinky is you only bathe them rarely. That's the mistake people make. Oh. Because it's like, so the the logic follows that like my ferret stinks, I need to bathe them. 
but you strip away their oil, so then their oil kicks into double time. Right. So you just let it be, and that's mm-hmm. how you don't have stinky ferrets. Well, so welcome know. to Church and Other Drugs, and uh, that's your ferret right. info of the day. Happy to be here. Uh, all right, so just lie to me and say that you're related to Michael Showalter. Yeah, uh, we're, we go uh, real back. Uh, I think it's my dad's dad's dad. But yes. yeah, who is Michael Showalter? Oh, you've never have you ever seen uh, Wet Hot American Summer or the the State or Stella? Like Michael Ian Black and Michael Showalter. Oh, they're like, M- oh my god! I've only seen one of those movies. What was the first one you Wet said? Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, I've seen that. Oh, dude, but I that's like others. my hu- one of my hugest comedy influences. I highly recommend it. All right, super good. So, yeah, I'm here with Seth Showalter, not related to Michael, except by lies, but we'll take it. Yeah, whatever Seth, we get. Seth, from one of the uh, 17 hosts of Fade to Gray podcast. <laughs> that number has gone down. Oh, is it? What's, what's the fish? What's the fish? Like nine, is eight it? or nine. Okay, that's manageable. I mean, yeah. not at one time, though. No. No, we we are a well-functioning team. Um, so each of us kind of serves a different purpose and a different um, task and responsibility, and it makes podcasting so much easier. Yeah, doing the one-man show is tough, dude. It's, it's so not. Tough. It is not an easy road that you have chosen. Um, it, it's it's hard. I can only imagine. Well, and it, it wasn't even, it's just how it, it's just how it happened. I mean, it, it was like hard enough with two and that's why like, I mean, John never like felt like officially stopped. He just can, he does it whenever he has time, which isn't mm-hmm. often, but yeah, I'm, I'm far too, it's almost like a nervous tick at this point or like some weird superstition. Like, I don't know what I would do if I didn't do it still. Well, at, at some point it becomes a part of who you are. Right. I mean, podcasting is not just a job, it's a lifestyle. Yeah, that's Did you see uh I think my favorite most recent meme was like uh mid 30 guys you have to or like what was it? It's like mid 30 guys you have to choose a subclass and it's either it was like golfer, local band or podcaster or something like that. It was it was <laughs> very very accurate. I was like, "Well, yeah, I guess." So. Yeah. Um yeah, man. So I wanted to get you on for a number. Uh, you check off quite a few boxes. So we are we both work in mental health. Um, mm-hmm. You are what, what's, what terminology? I'll say I'll choose afflicted with mental health uh, disorder, which I'm going to yes. be curious about your diagnoses and medicine and stuff. And you have yeah. uh, a history with drugs, so. Yes, I do. I do have a history with drugs. Oh, and you got a chonker. I just saw that beast walk by. Oh, yeah. She rules. She rules this home. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I may pay the rent, but she is the one who determines what happens. It's true. You just got one, one cat. Oh, she can't handle another animal. (laughs) I wanted to get, you know, like another cat or maybe even getting a dog. But I brought one cat home one time and uh, the look my cat gave her 
uh it was never it was never a it's never gonna work calm house no never no <laughs> the cat eventually ran away it got so bad so yeah manelli does not allow that <laughs> what's her name Manelli. Manelli. Like Liza. Oh, yeah, oh yeah like, I get it. That you're setting her up to be a diva then. Well, but I, I will be honest, she is a I rescued her uh from the Humane Society and she came with that name. Do you do, so, you, do you have a sticker on your car that says who rescued who with a paw print? I do not. <laughs> I hate them stickers. I do not. I don't actually I don't hate them. I don't know why I chose to hate, but uh they're funny. Um so let's yeah let's start with well and yeah you there's you check a lot of boxes and you've um i feel like we're relatively similar on the spiritual spectrum as well um but i don't want to get ahead of my house ahead of myself so let's let's start with i guess let's start with your your relationship with drugs because you had i had spoken with you um on fade to gray are you still with me I don't think it's me. I, yeah, like, well, I thought you were. Under, uh, so I paused it and restarted. I thought you were literally just being. I was like, he has very good stone face <laughs> posture. He's just not moving. He's very attentive. And I yeah. realized it was frozen. So, it's, it's I don't, who me. knows? But so I was. What I said was, let's start with your relationship with drugs, because uh, I was on. Uh, an as yet released episode of Fade to Gray, and you uh, kind of casually dropped that you had some mm-hmm. experience with recovery and something of that nature, and it just piqued my interest. So I'm curious as to that. Well, with anyone that has um, issues, well, I, I hate I hate even saying issues. Um, Call it a relationship, uh, right? Someone who's had a relationship with alcohol or drugs has an interesting story. No one comes into this like they just pick up and that's how it just starts. There's always some tie and an interesting story. So um, growing up, I was the kind of guy who if you smoke cigarettes, if you drank, if you did drugs, you were going to hell. I was going to heaven. I knew I was going to heaven and I knew you were going to hell. Um, I was that kind of guy uh, growing up throughout uh, elementary school and high school. And I, so I'm going to be a yeah. jerk and tell you to talk where you're talking now. Got it. There. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm going to be so, Joe Rogan. I'll do it. I'm the guys hate me for my audio quality. So that's why I was trying to make accommodations. <laughs> um, so what religion yeah, so did I grew you grow up, up in? Yeah. Southern Baptist. Oh, nice. Southern Baptist faith. And so I was, I was the kind of guy that I would totally judge you if you did drugs, if you drank alcohol, if you did whatever. So my first year out of high school, I started working um, at a mega church. And I quickly learned that if I wanted power and I wanted to be able to have real influence over the kids in my ministry, I needed to rub shoulders with the popular, uh, like the worship pastor and these types of things. Well, in order to do that, I had to drink. So I got introduced to can we can we name the church? Uh Word of Life Church, Brian's on. Uh, oh, okay. What what's what state is that in? Missouri. Okay. St. Joe. Um it's a mega church. So I started yeah, I started drinking with the worship pastor. I also ended up sleeping with him, so that kind of complicated things too. That is so ironic. So like your your yeah. your drinking career started with 
hobnobbing with the church folk. Yeah. That's great. Well, I mean, I wanted to influence kids and I needed and, to And when I, you say so when you I got to let you know that when you say that that sounds sound so deep it doesn't sound good. It sounds so devious. Okay. I need to well, influence the children. I so influenced you had, people for Jesus. So, I was doing ministry. Yes. And so you had, so your, your motives were pure at that point. It wasn't a power yeah. thing. It literally is like, no. I want to be effective at my job. Right. So sure. I need to hang out with the people who carry some of the power. And what do the powerful do? They go to Friday night worship and church, and then they all get wasted together. So that was how I got in. Wow. Um, so drinking became something that was a big haven for me. I was not over the years as depression kicked in and I started to struggle with my sexual identity. Um, I quickly realized I, there were, there was more, there was a little bit, there was a lot wrong with me or did not fit in. Um, and so, and that, that sounds like late in life, you struggled with that later. How, <laughs> what, what age are we at? Towards the end of, of college, so 12, 19, 20, 21. Okay. Um, didn't really know what was going on. And then as I, when I graduated with my undergrad, it was just a dark hole. I was drink by my senior year of college, I was drinking a lot. Um, I would drink alone in my room. I was not a social drinker. My whole point was I was going to get drunk. Whatever it took, I was going to get drunk. Um, and I would do that in my room alone a lot. And I also started uh, smoking marijuana pretty frequently. Um, that became something that was uh, very helpful for me, especially as I started to <laughs> start to wrestle with my sexual identity and what did God think of me? And am I gay? Am I going to heaven? What's happening? All of that. That's tough. You found the vocal sweet spot, by the way. Did I? Oh, yeah, right there. That's good. All right. <laughs> so that's, God, that's so much. So at any point, did you think, uh, was, did you think you're drinking? Did that, was that like, I'm going to hell because of this too? Was it everything? Was it, I don't care? Was it mainly, it sounds like a whole smorgasbord of, uh, sin and guilt it was all of the above depending on the day um, a lot of it was just hiding I wanted you know um, if I could just drink myself to oblivion it was like I didn't have to deal with other people I didn't have to uh, be seen I could hide sure all became a haven for me sure so how long did that continue until I graduated from college. My brother had just come out as gay. Older or younger? Seven years older. Okay. And then I came out to my parents and told them that I was gay, but I didn't want to be. And I was drinking a lot. I was not in a good headspace. So my parents decided, well, I asked them. I said, I don't want to be gay. Please help me. So they sent me to a Christian drug and alcohol, drug and alcohol rehab facility. So I went to rehab. Which one? A mom and pop uh, drug rehab in California called River of Hope. No, that's a church. Wait a second. House of Hope. It was House of Hope. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. And I um, thought I th- they, for a second I thought they were going to say they sent you like to a conversion camp or something. Well, was it that par- was, was it partially that? that was that was part of it. Cuz so yeah. No, I was going to say one uh I went to in all my rehab stints I went to two faith-based places and one the fir- one I went to and it was super super conservative but a, a, a young man had shown up and that was why he was there was uh to try to be a gay conversion but like it was like so misguided and it was like hey you sent everyone no like it was a very poor decision on whoever's idea that was mm-hmm. well they i mean this was a very very small rehab like tops eight people Oh, damn. Yeah, that's very small. Okay. So everyone that was there was there for alcohol and drugs. I was the only homo in the home. Um, (laughs) And so the people who ran the facility were very, very Christian um, and really firmly believed in the power of God. Okay. And so I did private. I essentially had private therapy with the owner of the place once a week and then they also brought in a sex therapist so what god what was that experience like i it's all online i wrote it all i journaled everything but it if i believed it dude i wanted on so many levels i wanted it to happen so Mm -hmm. i was going into things like, what can I get out of this? You know, everything sure. that they gave me, I was trying to legitimately take, process, and implement. Right. Yeah, it didn't work. Uh, <laughs> shocker. But, yeah, so I had the individual therapy and uh, with the director and then with a sex therapist. I was hoping they would, like, uncover some, like... Yep. I had been sexually abused when I was six and I didn't know it. And yep. my brain has, you know, it's covering up for this. And that, and then suddenly this explains this, that, it, you know, and it would lay everything out. That did not happen. That's what sadly. everyone wants, like to a degree that I've seen, like there is very much a phenomenon of like implanted memories where people like yeah. will make up traumas that they're like this is what happened and it's like no that never even happened or i get that from parents all the time of like we need to figure out like what happened in little johnny's childhood and it's like sometimes nothing happened like i know it's i think that's kind of culture the the culture of mental health and, and the diagnosis nation sort of thing i think that's kind of to blame everyone because that once we know the problem, okay, now we can just attack that and we can fix it, right. which is like, that's just not, if only it worked that well. Right. Well, and it also ties in to uh, Christianity. Um, and because for me, it was like, I felt like, you know, God had a plan for my life. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. you know, that God has plans and that everything makes sense, um, that there is a reason for the season, you know, there's a reason to everything and that God had this massive plan. If I could understand what happened, then it, expl- it, it would explain everything I'm going through and then give me a mission and purpose to strive for. 
And I think we seek that in both substance abuse treatment as well as mental health treatment and also within religion. But the, literally on Sunday, that 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 was one of the verses of the sermon. It's like the sermon had nothing to do with it, but he threw in, you know, for God has plans for you to prosper. And I'm just in my head screaming like, that is, but that doesn't, like, what about people that are dead? Like, what about the martyr? Like, I don't know. Well, I, I, I actually... That was my, I'm doing a uh, Celtic Bible study thing right now. Okay. And that was actually my verse this morning. And I posted on Facebook today. I saw that. Yeah. Because I was like, but you know, like when you read David, like one verse, he's saying, God's love is steadfast. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And then like two verses later, God, why have you forsaken me? Well, so which verse should I focus on? Like, okay, I could use both of these. And they mean the exact opposite. How do you rationalize this? How do you work through this? Yeah. Complicated. Well, which, which I do feel, so I do feel spiritually kindred in that. I'm glad like, I don't like the people, and I'm kind of going off here, but I don't like the people that, or I disagree with those that they have these issues, and so they're just like, all right, I'm done with it. The whole thing, just throw it away. Instead of like, sounds like you're wrestling with it, and it's like maybe there's just more to understand to this, and my understanding has been flawed, and the teaching I've been taught has been flawed, but there's still something Mm -hmm. there. So let's figure out what that is. And that's that's more where I'm at. It's like, I, I do not believe at this point that there is anything that could happen that would make me stop believing. It's just not, I, you know, it's just not in me, in my DNA, whatever you want to call it. So it's more just like wrestling, like, okay, so then what does this all mean then? Let's try to figure this out. Right. It's- so, yeah, so you, so you get out of that rehab and your brother comes out and then so how did you kind of pick up the pieces so i went directly from rehab oh one one more thing about rehab though Mm -hmm. and i I will note this because this is something i'm going to take to my grave uh we had to go to aa meetings right you know, and when you're in an AA meeting, what do you do? How do you start the meeting? Hello, my name is Seth. I'm an alcoholic. Da, 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 da. <laughs> but I didn't think I was an alcoholic. First of all, I was not there. I mean, my parents sent me there because I asked it and they thought I had alcohol problems. Mm-hmm. I did not think that I had alcohol problems. I think I had a gay problem. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I would start AA meetings with, hello. My name is Seth. I'm a recovering homosexual. No, you didn't. Bro. Yes, I did. What yes, were the faces like? God, I, I would have paid money to see that. Uh, now, you know, well, again, this is through the rehab. So, I mean, it's AA meetings in the community, but like everyone kind of knows, you know. Yeah, the they know it's the rehab guys. They're, they're, in, they're the rehab guys. So, you know, most of them just kind of, mm-hmm. like, oh, bless his heart. Mm-hmm. I can't, we're going to just bypass that. We're going to move on quickly. Um, don't want to touch that with the 10 foot pole. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but that, that was fun. Uh, something I will forever remember. Um, I'm a recovering homosexual. We came up with that on the spot. I thought it was perfect. Oh, that is perfect. I might, I might use that the next time I go to a meeting and just, yeah. just, just to see what they say. Um, yeah. So, but so how do I pick up the pieces? Yes. I so when I graduated from the program, I went directly into my uh, social work masters. 
Okay. And I'm still riding off this rehab thing where they're supposed to make me straight. You know, God can do this. There's something wrong with me. It's, you know, this, it's that. So I tried to tailor my master's program and tried to do my entire research on the effectiveness of reparative therapy. Wow. So it turns out you should... You should have just gone to a chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I even, um, so I wrote my, my entire research was on it. And I, I tried to make everything, like I literally tried to work this all out. I started going to a uh, charismatic church and, you know, they were like, damn the homosexuals. And I went up to the front and I'm like, I am a homosexual. What are you doing for us? You know? And like, they put me in charge of this movement to try to help other men leave the heteros, the homosexual, whatever lifestyle. It was a whole thing. Um, it did not work. It was all, it was all smoke and mirrors. And I just continually started plummeting out uh, with depression Um, I could not keep a job to save my life. And so it was finally like after failure, after failure, after failure, uh, I really quickly learned the issue was myself and I need to learn how to accept me for who I am. And that's how I picked up the pieces. But it took about three years post rehab before I got all that. Yeah, that's, I mean, I would imagine, yeah, and and being in, I mean, they do say that it's so very rare that you meet someone in uh, the social work sphere that isn't, it's it almost like we we start by trying to fix ourselves or like we have, you know, it starts 100%. as like a hobby into, you know, it's like I've already done like so much research into this on myself, might as well turn it into a career, like don't want to waste it. I feel like a social work degree is you're just paying money to do self-exploration. Like that is social work. You're exploring what's wrong with you. Yeah. That was another good meme. It was like, how, how are uh, psychology students depressed? Like motherfucker, just look at your notes. And I was like, yeah, good one. Um, yeah. So when did, um, when did, so I want to move to what, so did you get diagnosed and are you on medicine and what, what was that journey? Oh, I think I started taking psychiatric medication, uh, probably the later years of high school. To be honest with you, I can't remember. I, I think if not then I pretty quickly into college, um, I've tried a whole plethora of different drugs, uh, not recreationally, prescriptionally. Um, I think I've been on, let me put on my own bunch of stuff. I've been on Lamictal. I've been on Zoloft. I've been on um, Lorazepam. I've been on Xanax. I'm currently on a cocktail of Trentelex. I freaking love it. See, I tried Trentelix and it made me very angry. Really? Maybe I just didn't how, give it long enough. I was going to say, how long did you give it? Maybe, maybe five weeks. Not that long. 
five weeks you're not even supposed to start seeing symptoms until six how severe were the angry thoughts or the uh anger? not even that severe so here's my relationship like you weren't trying to kill somebody right no it was more like irri- it i didn't like level. it it was irritation and like it like okay. so i'm extremely so this is like my whole one of my whole problems is that like i am extremely neurotic hypochondriac and very you know because of my relationship with drugs and my fascination with what they do to the body and stuff i am extremely aware of what they do to my body or how i perceive they affect my body and therefore like i'm looking for specific things and if it's not checking those boxes then like on to the next and because i've tried so many different ones so this i tried it during a period of so I had been on um, Prestique and Wellbutrin and Remeron for the first three years Ooh. of this time around of sobriety. You know what they call that, by the way? What? It's actually like uh, Prestique and Remeron is, is so popular. It's called California Rocket Fuel. That's like its well, nickname. <laughs> when you said Rem, uh, Remeron, I like sighed. Because it has one of the worst side effects. Like there are certain meds. I, if it causes me to gain weight, oh I'm yeah, not, I am not doing it. That doctor me put me on. They put me on that medication without ever telling me that was a side effect. And then all oh, of a it sudden, makes you so hungry. I'm like 15 pounds heavier, and I'm like, what? No, what? No one told me this, and I was so mad. I got yeah, and it's like the whole thing. It's like, would you rather be skinny and depressed or fat and happy? And I'm like, is there not option C? Like, how about one that just fucking works? So, but so then I I got off all my meds, and this was, I guess, this was about a little over a year ago. I got off everything, and then I. like three months after I got off everything, I fell back into a, a big depressive spot and um, I tried Trintelix. So that that's kind of the background of the time period and what was going on chemically when I tried it. So who knows, maybe it would have ended up working well, but. Well, but I mean, who, I mean, truly, I mean, it may not be a good medication for you. I mean, everyone's brain chemistry is different and you have to find the right, right one. Um, but for me, like literally I will find, an antidepressant that it works all right and it's wonderful and it and it i can use it for probably three to four years and then it'll suddenly quit working yeah so i mean i i'm just waiting i mean as of right now it's working so we're gonna go with it but next year maybe not i know and that's i think i struggle with like deciding whether or not I even like need or want to be on medicine. I don't, I don't know what my deal is and I'm sure it's, it's eternally frustrating to like my wife and friends and probably podcast listeners. Cause this is like a real time thing of like what I've been going through. And I'm, I'm, it's fortuitous that like we're having this conversation cause I'm, I'm back to a spot where I think I need to get back on medicine because it's, it's just like, I'm, being really it's affecting my job it's affecting everything in like really negative ways i don't want to like become a therapist no be a that's what i do for this too is like give me give me free therapy what are you what are you experiencing what's the day-to-day impact so 
It's also, uh, this is, I've always said too, if I could have one superpower, it would just be that I could wave my hand and you would feel how I feel. So I wouldn't have to explain it because it's this ineffable thing. You know what I mean? And it drives and me. No, you can't, the, I mean, you truly can't describe how you're feeling. No one you can. can't. Specifically can't. around depression, anxiety, and this type of stuff. But right. like, what's the impact? Yeah. You know? So like, I'll give you like some sleep. Yeah, like sleep, my, my so I've always had it's I have PTSD and OCD and like negative ruminations and like that manifests in um unwanted like obtrusive sexual thoughts and then when yeah. I try to go to sleep I relive the same three like nine month period of the most intense trauma of my life just relive it every night for some reason unwanted and it just like it's literally when it comes up I have to tell myself like stop I don't want this like stop thinking about this yeah Yeah. so that's one Yeah. yeah so um have you talked to the psychiatrist about that oh yeah yeah okay I'm just making sure because there are not to add more medications but there are medications that can help with that but how long has that been going on oh like Since I've been off the medicine. <laughs> yeah, since I've been off. Yeah, because I, yeah. I don't think that was a... It's it's that, and then I also have um, facial tics that I, I, I got diagnosed with Tourette's when I was like 11, but that kind of waxes and wanes with my anxiety. Uh, like a week ago, I, I it had been bad for like three weeks, seemingly out of nowhere. Um yeah, just it seems like my my shit is popping up again in unmanageable ways, or it's it's manageable. It, that's I guess that's where I flip flop into like, is this manageable? Am I just copping out, or are you really just making things harder on yourself for no reason when there is relief? And I'll tell you, it seemed like the reasons I got off of medicine this time were because one, I thought that. It was affecting my relationship with God, and I felt distant from God. Two, okay. do yeah, go ahead. Do you, I mean, do you feel closer to God? No, now I feel even more okay. distant from God. So <laughs> okay. there's that. So okay, there's that. Yeah, there's okay. that. So two, um, I wasn't feeling the highs and lows that yeah. uh, that I enjoy sometimes. I like being able to cry, and I like being able to be elated. And the last one I was on was Zoloft, and that very much numbed that shit out completely. And I wasn't able to cry, and I wasn't able to get too happy. I wasn't getting low, but I was very neutral, trending toward negative, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and those those are the big reasons why I didn't want to be on medicine. And those are valid. Right. I want to validate. I mean, yeah, I get it. Um, how long have you been off of it? Five months since June 6th. And how are you feeling? Some days good, some days awful. <laughs> some days real awful. Lately, not good. Lately, it's okay. been irritating the hell out of me. Can I run through some symptoms and just see if you identify with any of these? Oh, yeah, totally. Okay. Listeners, uh, uh, identify along. <laughs> we'll do this together. 
these are just these are just some of the hallmarks of depression. Uh, lack of interest or things you used yep. to enjoy. Yep. What, no what motivation. Have you lost? Huh? What what did you what did you used to do or enjoy doing that you no longer do? Or you uh, really well, I don't do as to. often. Um, my art it just it comes in waves of being able to do it and finding no interest in it whatsoever. Okay. So sounds like we've got loss of interest and you've got no motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, difficulty getting out of bed in the morning. Yes. How are you? How are you fixing that? How are you dealing with it? Forcing myself. <laughs> uh-huh. Just straight forcing. <laughs> Caffeine. Literally, I start, like, my day, like, I have to be at work at 7, but I literally wake up at 5 because I know that I will hit this new, like, I'm so paranoid about it. I've actually been waking up at 4 and then, like, sifting like going back to sleep a little bit until five you know that's what dude that's in preparation up because i i'm so nervous and it's so difficult for me to like get up and do shit that i have to like i have to like prepare myself yeah i i'm i'm similar but opposite i have an alarm set for 6 a.m just so that i can wake up look at the time and sleep for another hour (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why. And then my regular alarm starts at seven. Yeah. So those are just some of the things, you know, I mean, it's interesting how those things affect us and then how we compensate for it. Right. Um, because it's different. Every person's different. Um, and then, okay. So no motivation, loss of interest, thing you used to enjoy difficulty getting up in the morning. How about loss of appetite or increase in appetite? Um, I have, I, I thought that my appetite's normal, but I've lost like six pounds in like the last week and a half. Uh-oh. Yeah, I don't really know how that's happened. It seems like I eat normally, but... Then again, the body fluctuates, you know? Exactly. We're all... Exactly. We're all... Yeah. Uh, and then we already talked about sleep. You're having recurring nightmares ever yep. since you quit taking the medication. I'm yep. sure that there's no coincidence. No, no correlation whatsoever. No, no, no correlation. Nothing to do with one another. <laughs> Nope, not at all. It's as if they are just on different planets there. Yep. Just coincidence. Um, and then how about social? Suicidal ideation? Well, we're not getting there. We're not there yet. <laughs> What's your social scene? That's, I mean, I've always been social, um, but I've found myself wanting to be less. Yeah. Stuff wanting to be less social. Yes, and like especially at my, it's hard at work because I have to, like, engage. And yeah, so it's like been less of a desire to do that. And um, let's see, intrusive thoughts, negative yep. thoughts, negative yep. self talk. What's the what's the uh, what's the word on the street with the negative self talk? What's the internal message? What's the uh, tape? Basically, just over and over that you that this is not going to get better. <laughs> it's funny because uh, whenever you say the things out loud, you realize how ridiculous it is. But yeah, it's it's like hype. Literally, just focusing on myself and my plight and everything negative about it, especially in regards to my mental health. 
So just like over and over, like, I don't feel right. I don't know what this is. How can I fix this? And just a, like a large purport, a large portion of my mental energy is spent thinking about my mental state and my mood and ways that I can make it better. I didn't mean to psychoanalyze your entire life and talk about all. No, dude, I need it sometimes. I can tell you, I can tell you all about mine. But we do, I do want to bring it up. I mean, you've already alluded. I mean, I had it planned on going there, but are you having any suicidal thoughts, thoughts of self harm, or thoughts of death? Yes, absolutely. That's just that's my like default setting. <laughs> When's the last time? Uh, actually, it hadn't been maybe a couple of days. Actually, it might have been yesterday. <laughs> okay. And what are the, what's the thought? Uh, it's not so much, and like I try to explain this to my psych- psychiatrist, it's like it's not so much my life is so difficult I want to die. It's more existential than that. It's like it seems like things will never, it's like I, I want to check out of this struggle. Like I'm tired of fighting and like, so how usually how my train of thought goes is like, oh, I could get high to fix it, but I'm so in, you know, I'm so far past that and I realize what's going to come with that that the next move is like, no, like that's not going to work out. So I guess you just got to kill yourself. I guess that's the only solution. You know, that's Sorry, usually just, how the train goes. I'd be better off if I weren't here. Or it'd be easier. Yeah. Okay. It's more it's more relief seeking or exhaustion than it is like uh, situational or people would be better off without me. It's not really that. It's just like this feeling of overwhelming pressure that needs relief. I know you mentioned that you have this thought almost daily, but so I'm assuming I'm going to ask a question that I'm assuming the answer is no, but is there any specific trigger to these thoughts is there anything that you're noticing happens and then shortly after these thoughts follow Mm. or is it just random it's usually random granted there is a lot of circumstance right now that is very stressful my job is super stressful i'm in school again that's super stressful money's always super stressful so there is some external stuff that makes sense for it to be higher stress but i've but if i look at it has anything really changed versus the time i was on medicine in this same situation and that's what i'm trying to figure out like okay has anything really gotten more stressful or is it just me and my response to it no i don't know i know (laughs) I just see this is what I've been what I've been begging for is just why can't I wish God would give me a punch in the face answer to this question because I don't know what the right answer is. And that is what's the question? Oh, should I be should I get back on medicine or not? Oh. Yeah. Well, I don't Really? Okay, I don't think that there Speak is a right answer. Speak for God, Seth, please. I am not I am not God. I am not God, but I don't think that God would tell you that there's a right answer. Oh, what? Why? I I don't. I don't I mean I don't I don't think that it's all in or all out. 
Hmm. This is what you have to do. This is what you don't have to do. It's what can you live with? Hmm. You yeah. know, we, we, we all make choices and there's things that help life and there's things that make life worse. Medication helps. Medication also sucks. So, and the side effects suck. And, and there's, a, it, I'm not saying medication is the way to go, but for me, I have to have it. I cannot function without it. So if I don't take my, if like literally I stop taking an antidepressant, you're not going to hear from me for 30 days. Right. Most likely. And this place that I live that I keep cleaned up and I'm taking a lot of pride in, it's going to turn into a shit show. And Manelli is going to be climbing over shit and she's going to not like it. And my mom's going to come over and I'm going to get a huge screaming at and like, why didn't I tell anybody? Yeah. You know, so I know for me that like, I don't have a choice. I have too much that rides on the line for me personally because I can't function without it. Some people can but the question is, can you handle? Right. And I guess, and especially like our mutual friend, Joey, too, like we had this same conversation and he ended up going back on it as well. So like I'm taking a lot of kind of sign. Yeah. And I guess part of it is like there, I guess there is a weird, it's not really pride that I'm off medicine. It's more like it's, it is slightly freer. I don't have to worry about filling prescriptions and missing doses and that sort of bondage, you know what I'm talking about? But it's, you know, it's not so much that like, I'm worried about the stigma or, or, you know, kind of, but yeah, no, no, I know what you're saying. No one else is looking in your medical record. Yeah. Nobody cares. (laughs) Nobody really cares. (laughs) I mean, they, so when when, they're looking at medication, like, Okay, so you get medication for depression. Okay, so what? I get it for seizures. Like, yeah, you know, we're we're in a world now where you can be taking medication for anything, and I think the stigma around mental health is ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. It's it's more it's more self imposed for sure. But I'm not trying to invalidate that. I I want to validate that feeling. I just personally am like, I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So, have yeah. you? Are you able to cry on yours? Yes. Why yes. did you hesitate? Because <laughs> it's funny. Like you're lying be- to me. Because I will. What I don't know why I do this. Do you but, skip a um, dose in order to cry? <laughs> yes. Okay, that was a legit plan of mine. So, <laughs> that's, oh, well that's, you're not the well only done. one, bro. Well done. But what I do is I don't just skip a dose. Okay. Like I skip a dose and then I spend a day, like I take a Saturday and it's like, I'm not going to get out of bed until like 5 PM. Like I'm not moving. And what am I going to do? I'm going to watch tearjerker movies on Netflix, Hulu, prime HBO, wherever I can go and find something that's going to result in an emotional reaction. I'm going to engage. Um, and so I will literally spend weekends where all I do is watch sad. That's sad. what I do too. My wife came home. <laughs> my wife, my wife came home one day, and she was like, "What are you doing?" Because I was crying on the couch. She was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Just watching my favorite suicide scenes on YouTube." <laughs> I was watching like the Royal Tenenbaums and like Rules of Attraction. She was just like, "Why are you doing that?" I was like, "No, this is healthy. I promise." Like, <laughs> 
is cathartic. <laughs> it's cathartic. You don't understand. You don't understand. God, I guess there really is. Like, see, that's that's funny. That 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 literally, I was like, okay, well, I mean, I could do that if I re- if that's really like my one hang up. Then yeah, you just take a day off and then just watch some sad shit, cry, and then all right, back on the horse. Or I just turn on the fade to gray Marco Polo <laughs> and hear the latest thing the guys are saying. I, you know. I just have to do something to result in an emotional reaction. And I will right. sometimes bask in it. Yeah. Yeah. What's that's it's, uh, it's so, yeah, I, I hear you though. That's my big thing. So, yeah, I mean, I'm still, I still have some time to think about it. Um, but yeah, and don't let, don't let my talking convince you like, or anyone else's. This is a personal decision at the end of the day. This is all about you. Yeah. So it's just, you know, you, you have to make that choice. For sure. Um, but my thing is always, what are the symptoms you're experiencing now versus when you were on it or off it or whatever? You know, what's the comparison? What is easier to live with? Yeah. Pros and cons. Because there's pros and cons to both. Yeah. 100%, man. Well, Seth, tell everyone about your show and where they can find it and all that good stuff. Oh, so I am one of many hosts of Fade to Gray podcast. Um, we also, I don't even know if we're going by Fade to Gray podcast anymore. We're Fade to Gray network. Mm. So we branched out a little bit um, where we're actually having other podcasts um, potentially work with us. And then we are also branching and developing our own uh, podcasts that we're airing all on the same stream. Um, but Fade to Gray podcast is all about um, nuanced conversation and finding the gray in a world of black and white. Uh, we have several people on the show um, who come from all varying different religious, uh, sexual orientation, political. We all have different opinions, um, and we try to bring that in um, to really show the different angles of certain issues um, and specifically focusing on giving people the room and time to share their story. And I think that that is so important. Um, you can find us um, at fadedgraypodcast.com. We're also on Instagram. We're on Facebook. And if you support us, you get involved into our Marco Polo community, which is pretty cool as well. Awesome. And I think I'm on an upcoming episode. I don't know when that's coming yeah. out, but look for it. Um, uh, Jed's interview will be coming out um, towards the beginning of the year as part of our health series Um, it's going to be about New Year's resolutions it's going to be part of the theme Um, but we're really excited for that to come out yes well Seth thank you so much for taking the time I had a lot of fun we'll we'll probably have to do this again because like I said there's lots and lots of similarities I will keep you updated on my uh, (laughs) medical journey Um, and yeah maybe uh, add that to your prayer list if you would just that's what I'm asking my friends and you guys too really I just need some discernment and some wisdom right now trying to figure that out
صورة 